And welcome everybody to Chopheads MMA episode, I'm not quite sure. Tommy, what episode are we on? I don't know. All right, so we don't know what episode we're on, but we're back nonetheless, people. It's fight week. We got a nice one on, on the docket here. UFC 266 are we up to, Tommy? Yeah. UFC yes, 266. 266. Finally this weekend, we get a Nick Diaz sighting. Everybody's happy about that. You know I'm happy about that, but first... Can't get can't get through today without talking about the Raiders, right? Just because I'm wearing a Raider gear, baby. Tommy's got his Raider gear on. Um, I lost money betting on Pittsburgh yesterday. So, and I got to add, Joey D bet Pittsburgh as well. Joey D is my good friend who is a Raiders fan, and he's never been happier with a with a losing bet because it just looked like the 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 Steelers should have taken that one. So Joey D, do me a favor, bet against the Raiders every single week. And I know that this is not a football show, but we're both big football fans. And today, in about an hour and a half, the Packers line up to get their first dub of the season against the hapless Detroit Lions. It'll be really bad in Green Bay if it doesn't go our way. So we're just going to hope that that doesn't take place. But MMA, as stated, UFC 266, big one. This weekend, we've been waiting for, I guess, a good main event for a long time. When was the last good main event? I guess the heavyweights, right? But that wasn't even really that good. Uh, Figueredo Moreno, maybe? Yeah. That was a good... It ended up good, but I'm talking about pre-fight like that we can't wait for. This is the one that I've, I've been looking at for a while, while with the Nick Diaz on the card. Um, this weekend, what do we have? Uh, Bellator? Bellator. We had the UFC fight night. UFC fight night. Um... I think that, yeah, that's that, about, that, about it. it. Anything in the boxing world? Nothing worth talking about, brother. I mean, you know, Oscar De La Hoya is still alive. Cor- coronavirus <laughs> actually didn't kill him, so that's good, right? So, uh, yeah, other, that, that's really, you know, the only thing that went on. I mean, there was a pretty good Bellator event, I mean, for some people. Yeah, so we made it through the weekend of boring MMA, and now we have one, four more days left until we get to the Nick Diaz fight. Um, so switching days, obviously we, we said that the Packers are playing. So you guys know that it's a Monday night. This is our first, first night or first week on the new night. And we made the change because we thought that it would make it easier for everybody to get here, make it easier for everybody to get here. And it wouldn't interfere with football. The first night we record Packers are playing on Monday night. (laughs) Yeah. Go figure, which is fine. Honestly, I would like for you to get here a little bit earlier if possible, but at the same time. It's not Normally, like I, I can. Have, today was a little it's bit It's not different. like I don't have a bunch of things to do in between anyway, and it just allowed for a better prep. So hopefully we're able to deliver the good show. But I say all that because we are sans scoop. The scoop-a-loop decided to not show up today, and I feel like this is a recurring thing, but on this particular instance, you got to give the pass because he said that his daughter wasn't feeling well. So I don't necessarily know if I believe that scoop, but... Listen, it's he's the got past a tough that you job. got. No, I, I know. He's got a tough job with us. He's got to push the button and then push the button again. Occasionally come in with something. You know, again, he doesn't come with his laptop. He just sits no, over Scoop, there on his Scoop phone. Scoop bringing his laptop. He, I must say he, this. Scoop did show up yesterday, and, and he tried to help out with the Sunday stream because we've been trying to put together this, this Sunday show for football, and it just hasn't worked out the way we'd like. Can't get the man the, the manpower in here to, to help set it up, and Scoop always shows up. So I got to give it to him. Scoop, I know he's all in. need some comedic value on the show. Just ask me, and I'll be here. What, you don't coach anymore? 
Not all games are on Sundays. All right. So if you want to come, obviously you come by anytime you want. So Tommy, take it away, bro. All right, everybody. This week's Reverend Rundown is brought to you by Fightbook MMA, your worldwide leader in combat sports, health and fitness, and pro wrestling news. You can find them at www.fightbookmma.com and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and indeed at Fightbook MMA. It's time for the Reverend's Rundown. Who the fuck is that guy? All right, everybody. PFL championships are set for October 27th. Kayla Harrison and Ray Cooper III are set to retain their championships and win that $1 million purse. Clarissa Shields makes her MMA return against Taylor Guardado. In Bellator news, Anthony Rumble Johnson is withdrawn from the tournament due to an undisclosed illness, not COVID. Neiman Gracie puts on a show knocking out Mark Leminger and Mr. Wonderful, Phil Davis spoils the debut of Yoel Romero. Bellator may have themselves a rising star on their hands with big tuna Ben Parrish dispatches his opponent Christian Edwards in the first round and then went in on internet trolls during the press conference. The natural-born killer Carlos Condit and Joe Benavidez have both announced their retirement from the sport of MMA. Carlos Condit was the interim welterweight champion, having then lost to GSP to unify the belt. Joe Benavidez is best known for losing 800 championship fights and is married to Megan O'Leary. Conor McGregor seems to always find himself newsworthy. This time it was on the red carpet at MTV Music Awards trying to fight Machine Gun Kelly. If you don't know Machine Gun Kelly, he's most notable for getting roasted by Eminem and outkicking his coverage being with Megan Fox. Continuing the SBG losses, Dylan Dennis got himself arrested right here in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, outside of a club. Good luck, Dylan. It's $1,000 a punch. Longtime NFL running back Frank Gore turned down multiple NFL contracts this season because he's going to become a pro boxer. The ex-NFL star touts a great record of 16,000 yards and 100 touchdowns in his career. The UFC has booked Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno 3 to complete the trilogy. Moreno won by rear naked choke back in June. Nate Diaz has verbally agreed to fight up-and-comer Vincente Luque. Luque is riding high off coming two recent victories of ex-champion Tyron I Can't Box Woodley and Michael Down in the big moment Chiesa. UFC fight night results. Joaquin Buckley knocks out Antonio Arroyo in the third round. Nathan Madness gets it done in the second round. Armin Sakurian finishes his opponent in the first round in the main event. Anthony Smith wins his 36th fight and still won't get another shot at that belt. Now, just going over this, obviously, we're not going to talk too much about it because we want to re- really use the bulk of the show for the for the UFC. And you want to make sure that weekend. you get to watch kickoff. Yeah, and I want to watch kickoff. So <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. So... I'm not surprised by Yoel losing to Phil Davis, not one bit, because Yoel, he's a big middleweight, but he's a small light heavyweight. And Phil Davis is a big light heavyweight. This is a guy that could easily, easily just stop cutting weight and and fit right in at heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, He's got the wrestling pedigree. I believe he's a national champ from Penn State. So now I understand he doesn't have the Yoel pedigree, but he's definitely a bigger guy. So he's he's dropping down from like two thirty. He's. Little, I mean, let, let's not forget that Yoel's like seventy five years old. Of course, really. of course. If Phil Davis is no spring chicken at this point, but he's definitely a lot younger than Yoel. And 
I just had that. I, I don't know what the odds were, and I don't really even know much about that. They didn't do a great job promoting that, but I'm not surprised by that. So moving on from that. I am surprised. I would like to know what's wrong with Anthony Johnson. Uh, probably like... Nobody's saying what it is. He's he's saying that he can't disclose it. Like, does he have AIDS? No, I, I think you have to disclose if you have AIDS. I, I don't know that you have to. I, I get it. But it's a HIPAA law, right? So you don't really have to say if it's an illness. It's not an injury. He's sick. This is private. It could be something that he just doesn't feel comfortable talking about. It could be um, that, you know, he's took a test and he realized, like, oh, shit, I'm not clean yet. And he realizes that he's about to pop. It could be a multitude of different things. Who knows? Enough about that. So, longtime NFL running back Frank Gore turned down multiple. I would like to see who multiple teams are that offered Frank Gore a shot after playing for 31 years at the running back position. So, I don't think that that's necessarily truth. But it would be, I don't want to say it'll be interesting to see Frank Gore box because he's already taken. Yeah, but he's 38, former NFL running back. It's like, what's the one job (laughs) that... Is really tough on your brain. Probably boxing. You know what the other job is? NFL running back. So I don't know if it's the greatest idea. I mean, thinking back on his career, did he miss a lot of games for being injured or anything? That like doesn't that? matter. I'm not talking about. I'm, I know for a fact last year in like week 15 playing for the Jets, he was knocked unconscious with a hit. So huh. <laughs> I'm sure his jaw isn't really all intact, but we'll see. You know, I'm not going to count Frank Gore out of anything. Hopefully he can knock out Jake Paul, which he won't. So, <laughs> speaking of Jake Paul, not to touch on this too much, but Derek Brunson did call out Jake Paul. So, that's add that to the list of guys under contract with the UFC that are yeah, I saw, blowing you, you smoke. Know, you know why I can't put any stock on that? Because Dana's not going to let anybody that's, that's under I wish, contract I wish knock him out. to God. Because like, Dana talks a lot of shit. For as much as just shit that Dana doesn't want to like give Jake Paul any burn... Pretty much every interview Dana White has now, he spends about 15 minutes well, talking somebody about, asks him about it. Fair enough, but you know how you shut that down? I'm not answering any questions about him. And the minute that you get asked a question, you shut it down again, right? But right now, Jake Paul's calling out Masvidal. How great would it be if Dana was like, okay, fine, have him. Go ahead. I think it would have been better when Dana was going to let, uh, what's her name, knock him the fuck out? Nunez. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that would have been so much better. <laughs> All right, and then the last thing on the rundown that I want to talk about is the Dylan Dennis situation. You said he got into a fight? It was in the club. Uh, they got the video of them with him in handcuffs pulling him out of the club, and then there's his mugshot from Seaside Heights Police. All right. First so of all, what nobody, the fuck is he doing in New Jersey? I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear another person talk shit about Dylan Dennis saying that he doesn't take fights because he's clearly <laughs> down anytime, any place. If he's had karma and he's fucking getting it in with, I don't even know. He Billy. probably fought one of the shot girls. <laughs> all I know is Gordon Ryan and Tom the Blast are going hard in the paint with his video and his fucking mugshot on Instagram. It's wonderful. Thank you for introducing me to Instagram, by the way, Chris. <laughs> Int- yeah, you hear that, people? I just I introduced Tommy to Instagram. Enough about the, the rundown. Enough about all these, these middling fighters and Dylan Dennis. Enough about that. We got... You're not going to talk about Connor and Machine Gun Smelly? Oh, all right, all right, all right. I know you saw it. <laughs> I did see it. I just wanted to say this. I don't really care about that. That it was either one of two things happened there. Either it was faked by everybody. I think it was faked. Part or, of it does. Or um Conor McGregor was hammered again. 
He's probably like maybe sliding in Megan Fox's DMs. He went up to Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and asked for a picture. Machine Gun Kelly said no, and Connor threw a drink at him. So if they were going to fabricate the story, I don't think Connor would be okay with him getting that look in the fabricated story where it was like he asked for the picture like a fanboy, and then he got told no. So you did see an interview with Machine Gun Kelly on the red carpet thereafter, and he was asked about it, and he like smacked the mic away. He's like, I'm not talking about that because... Truth be told, you could say what you want about Connor. He'll, oh my God, he'll kill Machine he'll Gun Kelly. He'll put a spark in Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> but anyway, Megan Fox will beat the shit out of fucking also, Machine Gun Kelly. Also, just full disclosure, I'm not a fan of Megan Fox. I'm not going to talk anymore about pop culture. UFC 266, undercard. I bet you they'll be there. <laughs> Prelims. Dan Hooker against the German Kelvin Gastelum. Because I couldn't <laughs> pronounce his name, but this dude looks exactly like Kelvin Gastelum to me. Just a little bit smaller. Almost has the same kind of build where this guy looks like he's coming down from like 210. He, he looks like he might have fought at heavyweight at one point. And he looks like he's bringing power. He's not a big underdog considering he's not ranked in the top 15 and Hooker's ranked eighth. So maybe there's something to this guy. I know nothing about him. Do you? No, uh, I do not. But Dan Hooker really needs a rebound after that Michael Chandler fight. From how scared he looked in there. And anybody could say whatever they want. You fucking fighter, you scared. He was not comfortable being locked in that yeah, cage. Yeah, I don't know that you would say scared. He he was retreating, and he was definitely gun shy. He was hurt right away. Immediately, as soon as Chandler touched him, he was hurt. And to say someone that enters the cage and gets it locked behind him with a guy like Michael Chandler, and he's down to fight him, to say he's scared, that's obviously embellishing a little bit. Yeah, it's, he Dan Hooker's not, not look scared. like he wanted to be but, there. But he got taken out of that fight early. But I've known Dan Hooker throughout his career to be exactly the opposite of that, right? Where, where he is game. He's down to mix yeah. it up. So a guy like him coming from the team that he comes from, who those guys don't quit, that's a, that's a tough team. And I look for him to bounce back against a guy that— he does. Um— but I think you're going to be disappointed. In you this think one. so? See, you know nothing about the other guy, and you're just basing it off of what? Just a gut feeling. I like the odds for the other guy because knowing nothing about him, and like, really, if I don't know anything about him, then it's hard for me to understand how anyone does. Not to say that I'm this fucking savant, yeah. but I know who's who. But you also have to look at it as he's not ranked. Anywhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's he's coming from another country. I don't know how and many Dan fights Hooker's he's had in the U.S. Eighth. So there's definitely something in this guy where they, even if he doesn't beat Hooker, right, he can make it a good fight. Is this so a replacement? Was Hooker on the card with somebody else that fell out? I don't think so. I don't think so. I either. haven't heard of anything bad about this card, which is, look, dude, it's a Nick Diaz card. Anytime there's a Diaz brother fight, especially Nick, I have no confidence until they walk out to fight. I don't even have confidence after the weigh-ins. When they're walking out, that's my confidence. So, fair. All right. Well, we'll get to the Nick Diaz situation, which I can't fucking wait. But <laughs> Hooker, we, we we disagree on. I think Hooker bounces back and <clears throat> in, in convincing fashion. I don't know enough about this guy, but Hooker... He looks like he's going to be... He looks like he's in shape. I watched a little bit of, you know, a couple of interviews and saw some camp footage. And the beauty of this fight is that his training partner, 
is also fighting on this card, so they're kind of kind of priming themselves at the same time. I always like to see when teammates are fighting at the same time. I know that there's the argument could be made that you don't want to have too many guys preparing for a big fight at once in the same team because you want it to be all about the one guy. But with these guys, they're close. And they've been kind of doing this three-headed monster with the three of those guys at the top of that team for a while. I would be afraid now. of that with them all cutting weight at the same time. You know, as it's getting toward, towards the end of camp, they just want to fucking get after it. And you're having them, you know, spar together and things like that. I would be a little weary with think, that. But you know what? If they've been doing it for this long. I also think that the European fighters and the, the really more so any international fighter are more used to this, like fighting together as a team. Because if you go to China, right, usually most of the good Chinese, China. They'll, have, they'll have a bunch of teammates on a Chinese camp fighting on the same card. And then the same thing goes for if you're in New Zealand, all those guys are going to be on the card. So it's not, it's, it's fairly, I would say they're comfortable with it. So we'll see how it plays out. But I got Hooker, you got German Kelvin Gastelum in that <laughs> one. So... Moving on to the next, we're not going to talk about all the prelims. We're only going to talk about these two fights. And yeah. it's Marlon Marais against Mirab Dishvali. 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 Big fight. Yeah. It's a, it's a big fight just because, look, <laughs> almost the same team. It's almost the same team. You got Mirab out of uh, Matt Sarah's group. And I know Marlon's training down in Florida now, but Marlon trained. It was with, the same situation when he was fighting against Aljamain. Yeah, you know, he tra- same team, but not same team, but not. Uh, you know, I don't think Marab's going to be as susceptible to that flying knee as as the Funk Master was. Um, this is a tough one for me to call because Marab's wrestling is so good, and. You know, he got so screwed when he first came into the UFC. I know you remember, like, his first fight, he took the guy down 15 times. They don't give him the decision. He fights Ricky uh, Simon. He beats Ricky Simon. He was beating him. Ricky Simon gets a a, uh, a submission at the end of the fight that wasn't even doing anything. And they somehow give Ricky Simon the fight. And then Marab had all that built up, and, and he started steamrolling. Now he's really making a name for himself. Marlon's kind of coming off. He's trying to rise back up for that a guy. Mountain. It's harder for a guy like Marab, specifically a guy that's coming off of two losses. He's already got a fairly boring style. Yeah. And now he's got he starts his UFC career off with all this hype and then drops two. With that fight style, it's real it's gonna be hard for him to make the climb. But if there is gonna be a guy where he could kind of leapfrog some people, it's this fight. I don't see it. I don't think that he has enough dimensions to his game. He's, he doesn't really have great head movement from what I've seen. Head and, movement! And because of what you said, he's not going to be as susceptible to the flying knees. I think he might, in, in some ways, be more susceptible to the flying knee because you know he's not trying to stand. So what's he going to do? He's going to shoot. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see Matt really working on this with him because of what happened to Aljo. Um, I say right away clinch immediately he's going to force the clinch force the action and his best chance is to push it up against the cage and grind it out but marlon's been there before and he's a big big 35 pounder and marlon's making the same climb as rob as marab now you know if you think about it marlon got knocked down that mountain hard losing the losing the fight to cejudo and then you know he hasn't really been that marlon-esque since, since the, then how about this the first round of the cejudo fight he looked amazing oh my god it was like that was like oh we got a new champion on our hands i thought he was about to dominate and then 
hats off to Cejudo because he completely flipped that on his head immediately. Yeah. You know, and I love Marlon. You know, I love them both. This is one of these fights that I, I'm not going to root for anybody. It's a pretty good... T- this is telling, I think. Yeah. The, the first fight with Cejudo or Marlon in with Cejudo. I think the first round of that fight is very indicative of how this fight's going to go. Only I'm not convinced that Mirab has the same pedigree that Cejudo has to to overcome that. I, he's going to get hit early in this fight. So we'll you see know, what kind look of... At, you know, Marlon's also coming off that loss to San... You know, he lost to Sanhagen. Desperate. Yeah. So desperate. So, so this, they're both making the same fight. climb up that mountain right now. So it, it's going to make for a really good fight. A lot at stake, definitely. So Who, who am I picking in this fight? Um, if it gets past the first round, I'll say Marab wins by decision. If it gets past the first round. There's no way he stops him. Right? Like, if, if the fight goes to a decision, it's his only chance at winning. There's no way he's going to I mean, finish. he could submit him, but. That's going to be tough. Mariah's is good jiu-jitsu. It's not yeah. like he's at least great defensive jiu-jitsu. He might not be the best practitioner, but he's he's tough to submit for you sure. You know what? The, the defense with, with jiu-jitsu, defense is probably one of the best things. You could call, like a lot of people call John Fitch boring, this, that, and the other. When he fought Damian Maya, yeah, Damian Maya dominated on the cards, but he fought, <laughs> bless you, he fought out of so many submissions People in the know and who practice, you know, jujitsu and who are watching that are sitting there going, holy shit, that is the best submission defense I've ever seen. Like, it, it's it's important. Yes, you're losing, but you're not getting beat. Like, you're not you're not tapping. So, defensive jujitsu is very good. It's just you got to do something off of it. Agreed. So, moving on. You ready to move on yet? Or you want to talk more about defensive jujitsu? I'm ready to move on. All right, let's do it. So... Shevchenko against Lauren Murphy. Why are we even going to discuss this? There's really no reason to. I guess Lauren Murphy deserves the, the shot because sure. she's earned it. But we all know this is not going to play out well for her. I'm not even going to say I'm not a fan of Murphy because credit where it's due. She's, uh, but I'm not a fan of Lauren Murphy yeah. because there's really, it's just not much to be excited about there. I would say that I'm kind of pulling for it just to see some craziness because the the payout would have to be crazy. On oh that, my god! Right? This might be the biggest lopsided odds in MMA history. I don't even know what they are, but I can't imagine they're giving her much of a shot. Um, thoughts, Tommy? First round head kick. Uh, my my thoughts are I'm gonna print out a picture of Lauren Murphy and put it on one of my Halloween decorations as a ghost because she ain't gonna make it. She ain't gonna make it. Okay. <laughs> Fair now, enough. I, look, man, you know, she fought her way up there. And I wanted to like Lauren Murphy, but watching her on The Ultimate Fighter, seeing how she is when, you know, the chips are down and she's backed against the wall, the fucking whining and the, uh, the tension needs to be out. Like, we get it. Okay? We get it. I can't stand it. She annoyed the shit out of me right from there. And. Not to mention, she's like Jensie's friend, so, Tom, so it really so makes Tommy me not like is, her at all. So Tommy is pulling for a violent KO of Oh, yeah. Of, I want to see Lauren Valentina like, go up to the top of the cage and fucking Wing Chun Bruce Lee drop kick her from the top. That's what I want to say. Fair. She will. So good, <laughs> good to go on that one. And then we're not going to talk anymore about that because we have two bangers to talk about. And starting off with, we're going to flip things around because the real main event of this fight is the Diaz-Lawler fight. So, Ortega against Volkanovski. This is one that I'm excited for. 
Ortega's one of those guys where when he came up, I was looking at him almost like a Diaz type, where it was like he kind of didn't take shit. You could tell he was like from the street a little bit. And the way he carried himself, I just was a fan of the way he went, went about his business. I've kind of turned on that a little bit ever since the the Dong Hyun Kim situa- uh, situation. Was it the, with Korean Zombie? Is that his name, Dong Hyun Kim? Or am I thinking of the other? Chan Sung Jung is the Korean Zombie. All right, so Chan Jung Sung, the Korean Zombie, when he went up and slapped his interpreter or whatever he did, I was like, eh, that was kind of soft. Do you remember that that happened? No. Yeah, there was a beef going on between... Uh, zombie and Ortega. How do you have a beef with somebody who doesn't speak the fucking language? Because there was fights, not fights, fights, not fights, and then they ran into each other at a UFC event. Zombie went to the bathroom. Ortega walked up on his people and slapped Jay Park or whatever. He's like an Asian, um, a Korean pop singer that also did work for the Korean Zombie in, in ring and in, in interpretations and shit. Okay. Interpretations. Interpretations. Interpreter. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, there's a good one. I, I think Ortega brings a lot. His boxing is very underrated. His jiu-jitsu is clearly world-class. Gu- the best guillotine in, in Yeah, MMA. He's, he brings some like fight-ending situations to you in a flash. So his jiu-jitsu is really good. He's a good finisher. He's tough. You saw him take a absolute beating against Max and keep going. So he's definitely a world-class guy. Top three in the world at his weight. Win, lose, or draw on this one, I think. That said. And you're missing one part. He is the only person who can get popped for banned substances and come back and not one person bring it up throughout the rest of his career. When Nobody, did he get popped? Uh, a couple years ago. He I got popped for a banned that. substance. You see what I mean? Like, nobody gave a shit because people like him that much. People like him that much. I don't know what he got popped for. I don't think it was roids. It was just something on the band list. So here's the one guy. And before anybody says, oh, it's because he's white. He's not white. He's fucking Mexican. You know what I mean? He's, he's Mexican. So it has nothing to do with his color. It's just the type of person you are. John Jones, that's always going to get brought up because he's a scumbag. Brock Lesnar, it's always going to get brought also, up. Because- also, when you're talking about a guy like John Jones, we're talking about goat. I have no issue with John Jones taking steroids. I have issue with calling John Jones the greatest of all time, knowing <laughs> that he took steroids. Yeah. So there's a difference. It's like if you want to take the, the stuff, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not agreeing with it. But guess what? You get removed from those conversations in my book. Yeah, that's but just all. like when you talk about anybody, Alistair Overeem, Vitor, that's the first thing they always bring up is the fact that they were on something. This guy, nobody cares. And I think it's great. Who gives a fuck? Because his guillotine's just as tight now as it was than whenever he was on the banned substance. Yeah. So the other side of the fence, or the other side of the cage, is Volkanovsky. Now, this guy, he's been in some wars. He, he's battle-tested. Ex-rugby player. Ex-rugby player. He used to be 250. Yeah. Right? He was a fucking little brick shit house. So he's been in there with some tough opponents. He's beaten Max twice, right? I don't know that he beat him twice. I think there was one that kind of went I don't, I don't know if he beat him the second fight. The first fight, yes. Yeah, the first fight was fairly convincing to me. The second fight, Max didn't do enough, I would say. But I still, when you're looking at it in, in a vacuum, I don't believe in this whole you got to beat You champ. love that vacuum, boy. I mean, I, if, you could, if you could remove yourself from the situation and remove all the factors, that's what it means when you say in a vacuum. I know. You understand that, right? I know you say it all the I time. haven't vacuumed my carpet in fucking eight weeks. I have no idea what you're talking about. Me, me liking <laughs> the vacuum. All right. <laughs> and now I'm lost my train of thought. 
Rugby player, 380-pounder. <laughs> beat Max twice. Be- beat Max twice. All right, so... Beat Aldo. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough fight to call because everybody looks at Ortega's climb with, with the guys that he beat, like when he jumped on Cub Swanson's neck and beat him that quick. The first guy to, to knock out Frankie Edgar. After that, you know, the beating that Max put on him was pretty bad. He looked okay in his last fight. His stand-up looked really good. Switched teams now. Yeah, you see, that's what... Mm. There's the X factor. I know that you're not necessarily a big fan of guys switching teams, but I think that some of his coaches are still with him. I just think where he's actually having his camps is more of an MMA world now rather than just being like straight Straight jiu-jitsu. Which makes sense, honestly. Yeah, so you know what it is? Because... When you leave a team that got you to the dance, that, like, you know, you were who you were with that team, that might not have been the problem. But, you know, who... Look, who knows, man? Like, there's a lot that goes into it, and a guy's got to do what he thinks is best for him. I used to be on the side of things where I wasn't a big fan of guys leaving teams and this and that because I was a big on the loyalty. And you, didn't, you didn't like Robbie Lawler for the longest time because you kept calling him a camp jumper. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Robbie Lawler fan now. I've since turned the corner on that. I hope he gets his ass beat Saturday. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a big Robbie Lawler fan. And, and, like, I, you know, I saw the error of my ways in a sense because a lot of these guys, now they change teams because guess what? There's There might be a guy that joins your team and he's going to fight you in a little bit and you start to see the coaches put the attention there. I, I don't know what these guys are feeling. And guess what? When you do the same thing constantly, constantly, six months, a year, five years, ten years, you need to change it up, otherwise you get stale. I understand. Like, you see these guys, they, they fight, and they join the Ultimate Fighter cast, right? They're, they're on a team at home, but then they go to the other, they get on Ultimate Fighter, and they learn a lot because they're getting a different, a different lens looking at their, their style, and they're getting a, a thing from this guy, a thing from that guy. So as long as you're, being, you're going about it in the right way and you're keeping some loyalty to your head coach. Yeah, I don't have any problem with cross-training. There's nothing wrong with cross-training. Uh, you know, but like up and leaving your team, like one team for another team, and then you know it's not working out for you there. Then you go to this team, and it, it like I can tell you this much: guys that are on those teams, they don't like that either. Because it's just like you have this guy come in; he's going to be working with all of us, going to get all this knowledge, and all these, uh, you know, hints about all of us, how we fight, how we train, you know, all these little secrets, and then they're going to jump and leave and go to another camp. So now one of our fighters is going to be fighting there, and he's giving him secrets of how we run things here. But you know what happens, and what I've noticed has been happening more so now, is that a lot of these guys, they're not leaving their team per se. They're their own team now. Like, if, you're, if you become a star, right, and what's your, what's your biggest avenue to making money? If you're a UFC open star, a it's open a school, right? So why wouldn't you do it? And then you have coaches there, and these are the people that you're working with, and you, it's your business. So it's like, why would I go anywhere else? This is what I got now. Like, Nick Diaz Academy perfect example he's caesar gracie through and through no nobody trains at caesar gracie academy anymore they're all doing their own thing that's what happens you become a star and you do your own thing it doesn't mean that there there's not loyalty but you grow up that's what weidman did weidman and uh and ray longo it was sarah longo then it became the weidman longo uh gym law mma longo and weidman and now weidman's in south carolina or whatever but all right, we got to reel it in because I'm looking at the clock and we got game time approaching rapidly. So, let's, man, you know that kickoff ain't gonna happen until eight twenty five. Down a little bit of the fight. Um, what do you think, Orlovsky? I mean, Orlovsky. Orlovsky. <laughs> I always, I always do that. What do you think? What the fuck, Volkanovsky? 
What do you think Volkanovski brings to the table that Ortega is going to struggle with? You know, it's it's the t- it's the toughness. Uh, his wrestling, it's, it's it's good. It's a tough fight to call, man, because I just don't know. We know that Ortega's tough. We know he could take a punch from Max, but those are those were long punches, and Max was kind of peppering him with good shots. Volkanovski's actually got some like, like short man like power. End, end it, end it right now power yeah but i don't think that i don't think that he's got near the boxing skills that max does no even though no. they matched up pretty well in the boxing like you know volkanovsky held his own against max but like you said it's just that one punch that that possibility that you could get your lights turned off in one shot that makes you respect it and it and you can't really fire off as much against a guy like that plus the takedown yeah and it's weird like this is another one of those fights it's tough to call because How's it going to work? If it stands up, yes, Ortega does do well standing up because he could throw those elbows out of nowhere, and, you know, he's got that standing guillotine. I think Volkanovski's size is going to be a problem for him. Um, So I'm going to say Volkanovski wins by decision. Okay. I think that's fair. I think this is a pretty even fight. We've been saying that. I, I'm going to pick Ortega in this one because I think that he's just more complete. He could win the fight anywhere. If it does go to the ground, I don't think Ortega has any fear of being off on no. his back in this fight. So he could, he could kind of freestyle a little bit because it's like, you want to take me down? Go ahead. All right, I'll be on my back for a little bit, and I'll get right up. Or what the fuck is his name? Volkan- Maybe Volkanovsky's just his base is so good, and some of these re- wrestlers – they're not worried about your jiu-jitsu because they're just so confident in their ability to to stay on top and, and pound Keep you out. Your, but, yeah, stay in your guard. But the with Ortega's active guard and just his his slick submissions, I don't know that that Volkanovski's going to really be so quick to take the fight there. I think that there's less avenues to victory for Volkanovski in this fight. So for that reason, they're both really tough. I say Ortega takes him because he's going to be able to be a little more freestyle on the feet, and there's no fear of the takedown. He's not going to be looking for one. So he yeah. could kind of fight wherever it goes. But it really is a coin toss for me, so I'm with you on that. Yeah, no, I I, I can't disagree with you All on right, that. So all right, we, so we, what do we disagree on so far? Marab. I say Marab wins by decision. You said uh, Dan Hooker was going to okay, beat so Jeremy Kelly. Okay, so we have some opposite picks. That's good. Uh, this is uh, Lauren Murphy and Shevchenko is the only one that we picked together. All right, good. So now we have we could actually still tie, though. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the real main event. We got Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. We'll be back in a moment. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it, they got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. All right, everybody, we are back, and it's the real main event time. It is time for us to talk about the return of one Nicolas Diaz. Uh, the last time we saw Nick Diaz was his fight against Anderson Silva, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was 
six years ago? Because I know Nick had a five-year suspension, so yeah. he had to have been out for five years. He served that. Yeah, Nick Diaz was reinstated like a year ago. Now we finally get him back. I think it's been about six and a half years since we lost, last that saw That shit Diaz. was like a double suspension. Nick popped for weed. Anderson Silva popped for uh, roids on his dick pills. And in that courtroom, while Nick Diaz was was getting heard, I guess his case was being heard, he's just sitting there playing Angry Birds. My favorite Diaz and moment. And that's your favorite Diaz moment. And... One of my favorite Diaz moments is when he laid down in the in the octagon against Anderson Silva. What the fuck are you doing, bro? This is arguably the GOAT, and you just lay down, don't care. So Nick Diaz obviously has those those what-the-fuck moments. Now, you mentioned one, I mentioned one. What are your, some of your other favorite Nick Diaz moments? Uh, his fight with Carlos Condit when Condit threw the spinning back fist. Oh, we're throwing spinning shit now? <laughs> you know, or the baby leg kicks, yeah. right? The fight with Joe Riggs in the hospital after their fight. The first Robbie Lawler fight where he's like, come on, bitch. Stockton, bitch. Come on, bitch. That. What about the, the Mayhem Miller? Yeah, well, you know, we talked about the two Mayhem Miller ones, but the one that stands out the most because his brother was right next to him. When Mayhem went up to Jake Shields just after Jake Shields won and Mayhem wanted his rematch. And then the Diaz brothers just come in. And mind you, people, there was nothing going on between Mayhem Miller and Jake Shields. Like, they were fine. And then the Diaz brothers come in and it was just a fucking melee. Like, they are the epitome of anytime, anyplace, anywhere, we're just going to throw down. And then the other Jason Mayhem Miller moment was when he was being interviewed by Mayhem. I guess this was one, this is probably my first experience with Nick Diaz. The the Joe Riggs fight, and then like I watched him fight Robbie Lawler was the first time I saw him fight. But the Joe Riggs fight and the story that took place in the hospital after, which if you don't know that, go on any on any website. UFC did a whole uh like a series of like where they drew cartoons. Yeah, yeah. It was an animated series yeah, with the Joe Riggs hysterical. and Nick Diaz fight. Absolutely amazing. But was when he got interviewed by Jason Mayhem Miller and he's talking about how all these guys put on for the cameras and he's a real fight and he's like, I won't do that shit. He's like, like I ain't going to dye my hair yellow and he grabs Mayhem Miller's head, right? <laughs> and he's like, and I'm not going to paint my nails like a bitch like some of these guys out here. And Jason Mayhem Miller's sitting there with, with yellow hair and painted nails. So Nick Diaz has always been a G. All right, so now we're on to the fight. What do you think about this one? This is 17 years in the making. I, I don't know, man. You know, what you don't Diaz know enough do about get? Nick Diaz right now. You just don't what know. What Diaz do we get? You know what Diaz we're getting. I mean, look, he looks amazing, right? Like he is, he's always in shape, but he's never looked like ripped up like he looks right now. Do I think he's trying to have a little bit of a career resurgence here? I hope. I don't see him fighting for a belt, but I could see him getting some good fights. I like Robbie Lawler a lot, but I'm going to go Nick Diaz, TKO, second round. Really? All right. I agree. TKO, second round. I think he's just going to put too, many, too much pressure on him. Robbie is a guy that is, to me, checked out. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Well, Robbie dude, Lawler he's is been a, doing a legend of the sport. He's been doing too. it a long time. And from the words of Robbie Lawler himself, He's like, it takes a lot for me to get up to do this still. He's like, Nick Diaz was a name that I decided it was enough to get me back training again. He obviously always trains, but training for a fight is very different. Well, dude, that, that fight against Rory McDonald probably took like 10 years off his career. Yeah, and he had a title run, so he's accomplished everything in the sport. He's probably got a decent amount of money. 
I mean, his I title run came 10 years too late because he was supposed to be but, like the but You know what? You know what? Good for him. You want to yeah. know why? Because 10 years too late was probably 10 times more money. So <laughs> yeah. your title run 10 years <laughs> ago would, would have gotten him a lot less money. So Robbie Lawler is probably comfortably paid. But you know what? I guarantee he makes as much money in this Nick Diaz fight that he did in any of his title fights. Yeah, because his last fight was Ben Askren. And when you fight Nick Diaz, you get a cut of the pay-per-view, I think. Yeah, I don't know how that... I know Nick does, because that's that's Nick's deal. I don't know if it's restructured. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if Robbie does it just because of Nick does. But nonetheless, I see Nick pressuring him too much. You know the cardio is going to be there. There's certain things about Nick Diaz that you know are going to be there. Unless he's coming in with an injury, his cardio will be there. And with Robbie, you could almost say, like, the same thing. He, he pretty much he's ready to go. I don't see cardio being an issue, but what I do see being an issue is the volume. And just Robbie sometimes seems to be, as of late in his career, stuck. He just doesn't have the movement. You look back to, like, the last time Cerrone looked good was against Lawler, <laughs> right? And that was, like, a couple years back. So Lawler has definitely yeah, faded since then. I don't then. see many takedown attempts in this either. If Robbie's going to go out, he's going out on the shield, I think. You don't want to take down Nick Diaz at this point, though. I think Nick Diaz's jiu-jitsu is probably so much better than the last time I'm we saw I'm sure him. it is, but tell me when the last time we saw it was. That's a good point. And Nick Diaz might just be coming back because we don't know what his financial situation's like. Yeah. And he's watching all these guys out there making big money on these fights. So he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go get paid a little bit. You got to tell you, you're going to sit there and tell me it doesn't twist him that Conor McGregor makes the money that he makes and Nick Diaz is probably eight times better of a fighter than Conor is. Yeah, I know. It does bother pretty much a lot of the fighters, but you could almost thank Conor for these paydays. So we're not going to get into that. Um, so we both got Nick in this one. You got anything else for us, Tommy? Yeah, so uh, I will be uh, returning back to the the media section on fights and things like that for Fightbook MMA. October 2nd, I will be in Philadelphia for Major League Wrestling. It's actually the big, huge show for them. Unfortunately, uh, Scoop's not here for him to fully understand what some of the names that, that are going to be on that card. But MMA-wise... Filthy Tom Lawler wrestles for them now, and uh, and King Mo, so it should be a pretty good night backstage and being able to cover that event. And hopefully, there's some MMA events that are happening around here, so I can cover it for Fight Book as well too. Nice. All right, that's cool. Um, check out all the podcasts on the ChopSportsMedia.com website. Uh, we got obviously on Tuesdays now Chopheads MMA. Monday through Friday, we got the Chop Sports Daily. Tuesdays, we got the Jimmy Palumbo show. What else? Soccer podcast on Tuesdays and Fridays. Squeaky bum the time. Squeaky bum time, yeah? Oh, kick it. <laughs> kick it. We got the Mets. We got the Jets. We got Fantasy Guy. We got a bunch of podcasts on the network. Go check them out. Also, chopsportsmedia.com. If you go to the website and you want to place a wager on this weekend's fights, use the link in the, um, I guess, in the link bar at the top of the menu in the website. Click on that. Spend some money, we'll get some money. BetMGM.com, it's the number one, or the king of all sports books. Jamie Foxx works for them now, so yeah. use it. That's it. That's it, brother. Hit the button. Thank you.
Thank you.